This is the producers. The official Cha-Cha Slide Expert Chaos Mode lyric video is still uploading. In the meantime please enjoy another thrilling episode of the Madeline and her attorney watch movies podcast, or as we like to call it around the office, my home. In this episode, well, let's be honest, I fell asleep and don't know what it's about. Probably not their best work. Right foot nine stomps. Take it back now y'all. Cha-cha real smooth. But that's how they sound all the time anyway. <clears throat> okay, I think I'm I think I'm good. Okay. I think so. We are recording. There was a screaming husky in the background. Could you hear that? I could. I, th- I wonder if the mic picked it. I mean, it must have because we heard it in my headphones. headphones. Yeah, right? it'll be there. Don't let's not worry about it. Let's not worry about whether or not that's for the eagle-eared listeners. The eagle-eared listeners will know about the screaming husky in the background. Yeah, because they'll hear us talking about it. <laughs> I'll just splice the sound in. <laughs> I'm like obsessed with uh, huskies screaming. Yeah, they're funny. Yeah. So, so we're recording this on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. Like that song. What song? Tuesday afternoon. I by the Moody Blues. You don't know it? Oh, I know the Moody Blues, but I don't think I know that track. I think it might be so long. So long Tuesday afternoon. Something. Yeah. That's. It's that. That's how yeah, I imagine. My, it. my dad would play that around the house. It was. It was good. Yeah, Moody Blues are definitely like a parents band. Yeah. yeah. Like everyone's parents are into the Everyone's Moody parents. Every single one's yeah. parents. I guess wow. Obama probably likes the Moody Blues. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Someone's <laughs> He's parents. somebody's parents. Yeah. So, Logic uh, dictates. I'm in a good mood today. Yeah, why? I don't especially know. I think, well, I got a negative COVID test. I ate a hot dog. That puts me in a good mood. Yeah, I'm drinking a wine from Wisconsin. Um you just a, came from Wisconsin, right? No, no. I came from Montreal, actually. Oh. I went to a wine event, and there was a winemaker. It was a woman in Wisconsin um, making wines under the, the name American Wine Project. She's working with a bunch of hybrid grapes, and her wine's very good. So that is what I'm drinking, and what you will be drinking when whatever you are drinking is empty. I am uh, I am sucking the last of the red wine out of a bag in my refrigerator. <laughs> very good. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Yeah. The the wine is called American Wine Project. American Wine Project. That's the, the name of the winemaker, uh, yeah. Is the country at all involved with it? America? I mean, it's, it's not like nationalized, right? It's not No, a, it's just in America. It's just somebody calling it that. Yeah. And I also think it's like a, a, a place in America where wine isn't normally produced. So it's a project that happened in America. Okay. I, this is the name they went and for. And she sells it in Canada. No, I bought it in New York. I was just in Canada. Well, you bedeviled me. You said you. I thought you said you got it in Montreal. No, I was in Montreal. I see. So I went to Montreal um, last week to attend the Fantasia Film Festival. Okay, is that a Disney movie? No, it's a, a film festival. Um, Fantasia, though. Yeah, the, they have the same name. They made, they, they, they made two. They also share a name with a, a um, an artist, a singer. Fantasia. I'm not familiar with that one. I think that she was on one of those competition was shows. Was she in America's was, Top? America's not, top singer. Top singer. What is it America's called? America's top singer. America's Got Talent. Uh, American Simon, Idol. Simon Cowell's American Wine Contest. Everybody. Simon Cowell's involved with a lot of those shows. He is. I mean, his face is terrifying to me, but um, but I know what he looks like. <laughs> I don't know that that's a, a but kind of a sentence. 
anyhow. Um, I feel like you know the appearance of everything that terrifies you. Yeah, it sticks. With, I, and I don't remember the appearance of things I, I am not terrified yeah, by. Yeah, the face. You, you cannot conjure or describe one person who you love. Yes, I don't know what my mother looks like, but I can see my father very clearly. Do you, do you, do you, do you think you could like draw your mother? No. What would it look like, do you think? A stick figure. Why don't you try right now? All right, I see you. I see your drawing. Yeah. All right, let's see. I think she is you two, sort of, two arms. You sort of, it looks like you're done. Let me see it. Okay, what, what about this? No. That's not my you, mom? You, that, is, that is wrong. What is it? I don't, I mean, that, it looks more like a car. <laughs> I've never seen a human that looked like that. I think it might be a car. This is a titane situation. <laughs> titane? <laughs> Did you, did you see that movie? No, I, I would like to. I think it's streaming on something or other now. It's, it's on, on. I think it's on Hulu. I haven't seen it. Though. It's 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 on yeah. one of the several services I own or yeah. not own. It's a movie that to. seems extremely for me, but I have not yet watched. I'm I'm pretty sure she has sex with a car. Yeah, they fuck cars in that. Film. I think she gives birth to a car baby. That I did not know. If that actually happens in like, it, yeah, I think that's what happens. Mm. I have not seen it. I barely even read about it. Yeah, I but, mean, isn't that what the, happens in Lamb? She fucks a lamb and gives birth to a lamb? I've not seen that either. Oh, okay. Hmm. We need to watch more movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be... That would... I mean, I guess we need to watch two more. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I watched, I think, nine movies when I was in Fantasia. Were any of them noteworthy? Uh, I mean, honestly, all of them. Oh, good. So the first one I saw was this movie called uh, All Jacked Up and Full of Worms, which I'm obsessed with what is that one about it's about uh some people who who do worms worms as drugs they they like uh snort worms and then they get really high and then uh some murder like, and like stuff earthworms happens. or smaller worms earthworms full-blown earthworms so big fat worms yeah like i can't exactly tell you what this they, movie is about okay. other than it's like gross people in horrible situations doing worm drugs and you liked it. I loved it. Okay. Yeah. It's like 70 minutes is it, long. It's is it super horror? gross. It's like gross out horror. Yeah. Okay. So my favorite genre. Then I watched, um, oh, I'm just going to blank and not remember any of the other movies. It's okay. I saw. I Here, I'll just give you like a, I trust that you saw movies. I saw the new Neil Labute film. Oh, I didn't know he was working on something. Yeah. It's okay. I, I feel like. I, I didn't, didn't love it. I, yeah. To be honest with you, I don't know if he's worked on anything since like 1998. Yeah. Justin Long was in it. The whole thing takes place in, in, well, a, in, seen him in one mansion. And it's like he, he goes home with a girl and then uh, they're basically, it's basically a long conversation between the two, but like starts getting weirder and weirder and dipping into horror. But it's just a, it would have been a better short film. He's a guy that directed in the Company of Men, right? Correct. Yeah, that's like his breakout movie. I, I saw that when I was in high school, and mm -hmm. it put me to sleep. And everybody said it was going to like be, you know, um, intense and that movie is rough. So gross. Well, it's really brutal. It's about a, a, it's about a like a psychopath. Yeah, that's who, exactly what it's about—a psychopath who's sort of self-serving, but not even really self-serving. Aaron Eckhart's the guy in there, yeah, right? He he gets off on being really horrible. I people. just think, he, yeah, I think he just enjoys hurting both yeah. his friend. I like that movie a Aaron. lot. Yeah, I fell asleep, uh, and my and my, my friend who was asking me to watch it, he, he noticed that I nodded off, and he's like, "Hey, did you just see that?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "No, you didn't." He's like, "You made him show his balls to that guy." I'm like. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, I guess maybe I didn't see it. Maybe I didn't see maybe that guy's I, Maybe balls. I fell asleep for that part. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I think you should revisit it. Maybe. Yeah. It feels, 
Yeah, I, I guess it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, I mean, is he like worse than our former president? Mm, no, but he does come off as smarter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, Aaron Eckhart had a nice run there where he played guys that were smart and sort of self-serving. And, yeah. And I, I love Aaron, Aaron Eckhart. He's great. He was he was very good yeah. for for a, sort of a narrow window. Then he made this movie, I, Frankenstein. I saw that in theaters. And me and my brother could not stop laughing at that movie. It's funny. We talked the I whole mean, way through terrible. it. I mean, it's terrible. Like, that's, that is a, just an inept film. Like, you felt, can't tell what the fuck is happening. It really felt it's to me ugly. like they shot it all in one take or it, something. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. And then they just made some like Windows 95 screensaver his, background. His costume was like a, a jacket with a hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> and, like it really feels like Aaron Eckhart was, uh, he just showed up and insisted they make this movie around him. And he kept shouting, <laughs> we can fix that. We'll make that We'll make that look good later with special effects. And then at one point he's in a lab and they cut the, the, the point of view cuts to a... Uh, like a security camera footage. And I, was, yeah. and I laughed. I'm like, that was just Aaron Eckhart tearing up some lab somewhere. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> they, they almost broke out. They had to stop him. That movie's so, that movie's really bad. Yeah. I saw, I saw Carter Smith who did the ruins, his new movie. Oh, what's he done? Really? Yeah. He, I mean, and this is the first feature he's made in, um, nearly a decade, I think. Um, like a little less than a decade. It's called swallowed. And this is, uh, it's the author, Car- Carter Smith. No, no, Carter Smith is the director of The Ruins, not Scott Smith. Scott Smith. They just happen wow, to have the talk, same We talked at such length about him. All yeah, right, go on. Same guy who directed The Ruins has a new movie, very, very small, low budget, but extremely well made called Swallowed, which is about um, this uh, young gay guy who's going to leave their small town kind of on the border between us and canada okay. to go to la and become a porn star hmm. and on his on like one of his last nights in town his best friend takes him out to go dancing across the border and on their way back in canada or in america i think that they are going dancing in canada they are in america going into canada yes so they they go dancing and on their way back home he says you know gotta make a quick stop and um they stop to pick up drugs uh, to to you know traffic drugs to across smuggle yes yeah, smuggle drugs across the border, and it goes horribly wrong. Like the wrong drugs. Mm, I mean, kind of yeah, but also like <laughs> what happens to them is is horrifying. It's and not an easy. This is a body horror film. Uh, yeah, great. Like low oh, low do, budget body do horror. Do they have to swallow like bags of heroin? You got it. Yeah, because the name of the not, movie is it's called not Swallow Heroin or well, whatever. Exactly, but it's really it's really gross. And really well made and unique. And what the best thing about it is like, there's a lot of queer horror right now. And it's like made by queer people, starring queer people. The people in the story are queer, but it's rarely actually queer horror. Like the horror is normally not queer, the horror is normally just, you know, scary. This is a movie that is actually queer themed and it's scary. And it's really good and unique. And so it's from, from a queer perspective, Correct. something that would be additionally uh, scary. Yes, yes. But you would imagine that those who are not queer could see the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And okay. enjoy the movie. But it's very certainly from a queer perspective. It's a very authentic And in tapping into queer fear. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, and queer fear, that is... You're, I, I mean, I think, I, I think you've been very clear about this, but just for my, my own yeah. dim old white guy perspective what you're saying is it's not fear of 
queer no, culture. No, it's not fear of yeah, queerness. Yeah, okay. it, it's uh, it's not like fears, gay panic. It's it's some other kind of thing. No, yeah, it's but it's fears that are related to um to queerness. Okay. So like you know the fear of being a very young, good-looking gay man who's being held captive by an old, scary gay man. <laughs> like that. That's yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's like the vaguest. Like the most like uh, easy example to give. Okay. Like it gets way deeper than that. Um, it's just a really well made and really gross and really strange, unique movie. That's that's two that are really gross. Yeah, I watched mostly gross movies. That's sort of my thing. Okay. Yeah, I saw a movie called Deadstream. Oh, that's that? a found footage horror movie. It's one guy. It's like an influencer, and he's locking himself in a haunted house for the night. It's and a stream in this case would yeah. be like an internet stream. Yeah. A streamer. Real horror comedy stuff. Okay. Very Evil Dead leaning. Yeah, that was really fun. Really, really fun party movie. The whole okay. audience was screaming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I like. I saw the, the Harbinger, okay. um, which is the new movie by a director named Andy Mitten. I don't know if back when we went to Puff, if you saw We Go On or The Witch in the Window. I feel like I saw one of those. Yeah. Um, I don't. Rec- I don't believe I saw We Go On. Yeah, I think I might have I seen think The Witch in the Window. You were at The Witch in the Window. I might not have. It's been. like Massachusetts, father and son. I don't know. In like a, a house, and there's a witch in the house, and they're renovating the house. It's good. It's funny. I can. I feel like I can remember seeing the poster, and I don't. Yeah. Know, I don't know if I was there for that day. I think I was there a day. I got to one of those one day late. Yeah. And I think I might have missed that. Maybe. I mean, either way, it's a great movie. Okay. Highly recommend it. His new movie is called The Harbinger. They made it during COVID, and they actually show the experience of living in New York during the beginning of the pandemic. That's cool. So it's everybody is like seeing each other and being like, "Is it a, like I don't know if I'm safe to take off my mask?" and like laughing, and it's just really awkward. And then a dream monster shows up and starts getting people in their dreams. And it's really scary and really good and kind of difficult to watch because of the COVID stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm yeah. super excited to go back to that experience. No, in fact, it's it was, it felt embarrassing, like in the theater. Really? Like seeing exactly how I was behaving two years ago echoed back at me and and like uh, just thinking about how much we didn't know and how we behaved because of that. I think it's a movie that's going to age really well, but I think people are going to have a hard time with it right now. Yeah, the appetite might not be there for that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Strange time two years ago. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I watched a bunch of other stuff. Uh, there's this South Korean movie called The Fifth Thoracic Vertebrae about a, a fungus growing in a mattress. And that movie made me uh, weep. Because of how beautiful it is that humans can like feel and show small acts of love, oh. <laughs> which like is the craziest thing about a fungus in a mattress movie. What was the fungus like? Endearing? Not really, <laughs> but it it certainly wanted to like interact with and and meet the people who were on the mattress. Oh yeah, yeah. And there oh. was a bunch of different people on the mattress. That I mattress see. like got moved around. Uh, soul, yeah. Yeah, there's an old TV series called Gun, and it was all about one gun's journey. Really? Yeah. So every episode, it was like an anthology series. Every episode was about somebody else that owned the gun for a little while. Yeah. James Gandolfini was in one with uh, Rosanna Arquette. Oh, that's cool. It was sort of cool back when it was on TV in the 90s. Yeah. It was probably too high concept for regular television. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like that then. It's about a mattress with a fungus in it that keeps finding itself in different scenarios and experiencing different things with different people. 
That's neat. Yeah, and the through line is kind of that, like, all those people are feeling or engaging in love in some way. That's nice. Yeah, it was it was a bizarrely sweet movie for a movie about a fungus um, in a mattress. Yeah, short, probably. I don't know how anyone would be able to see that. Well. So I hope somebody puts it out in the U.S. So yeah, I'm sure, can can, watch it. I'm sure it'll be found on the internet eventually, mm-hmm. right? It's uh, They didn't shoot it on film, did they? No, no, no. It's just like it doesn't have a distributor or a studio. It's like. It was made by like three people in South Korea. They should just make it free. I mean, they could. They yeah. could just put it on Amazon Prime. They ought to. Or yeah. YouTube even, right? Yeah. Actually, if, if they actually that, own it. That actually happens to a lot of, yeah. of small, I mean, horror movies, a lot of found footage horror movies just wind up being dumped on YouTube by the people that made them because they just don't know what else to do with them. There's a whole like movement. Um and I think people are calling it, I'm trying to remember what the term is. It's like folk horror or folk film or something. Um, and it's people who are making these no budget features for YouTube specifically. Hey, so the thing I am making reference to is this movement um, that is primarily happening on YouTube called folk filmmaking. So Google that term if you want to learn about it. It's basically people who are making independently financed, often no budget films with no studio or anything, just totally on their own and uploading them online for people to watch. There's a guy named Dan Lotz. Go look him up because he makes a lot of them. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, it's a little bit like your uh, that series that you, that you like, the... Uh, uh, Lux or whatever. The... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, luxury dark, luxury dark, <laughs> luxury dark. Those are like little with, mini with movies. Parker and um, well, not redhead Chester. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one episode, or I guess I've seen more than one at this point, but they're pretty fun. I love that show. It's so dumb. Mm-hmm. You know those guys' background is they were doing like fake catch a predator videos. No. Yeah, so I they were. I mean, I didn't know that. I, they were like eighteen-year-olds and yeah. like ethically corrupt. Just trying to get as many hits as possible doing I, well, staged Catch a Predator I would videos. actually argue that To Catch a Predator is ethically corrupt. Yeah, I would too. It's it's like weird private bounty yeah. hunters. Oh, no, no. The videotape. Uh, yeah, I hate that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think, like, creating content about that is morally... You could do that about anything. You want yeah. to make a million dollars? I have a way to steal it. Just meet me here. And then you're waiting. You're like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Did you come to steal the money? Yeah. Well, now I've got you. You're entrapment. Yeah. I, I, I've entrapped you in my little my little funny little game. Yeah. I'm rich and I can do this. It's amusing to me. I'm going to put it on television. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, it's disturbing. That show would be a TV series about a future that went wrong if it wasn't that we lived in that world mm-hmm. you know, for, that we have now for two decades. It's very, very strange. Yeah. But I guess that's my Fantasia roundup. Okay. If you think of anything as the, you know, the episode progresses, you can just talk about it. There's no segment or anything. We don't have no. to. No. I mean, I'm not even sure what movie we're talking about, quite honestly. Well, I, I think it was The Black Phone. Yeah. We could talk about The Black Phone. Yeah, we should. Yeah. That's the one that I think we've both definitely seen. Well, we both definitely also watched No Sudden Move. Oh, you did watch No Sudden Move. Absolutely. Oh, all right. I yeah, was going to say, that was the like, only one. good Soderbergh movie. I'm like, I totally forgot this existed. I'm going to go watch that. It was one of those... HBO movies that got dumped in the middle yeah. of the pandemic, and I never saw it. It was great. It really was. It's like such good acting. I can't believe it didn't get released in theaters. Yeah. I'm, also, like every face that showed up on screen, I'm like, oh my god, I know them. Like I knew every single person in every, the cast. Every much. every person until the children arrived. There was the children were the only people. I'm yeah. like, I don't know kids. Every character was played by an A-list celebrity. Yeah. Or somebody who used to be A-list. Yeah. Or somebody who's almost A-list. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm either on the way up. Who, who's or the like, way down. Who's <laughs> the, well, like Brendan Fraser's in it. In the 90s, that guy was a He's A-list. kind of on his way down. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a there's a Brendan Fraser uh, reckoning, I think. he's in he, another, Oh, there is. He's going to be in a new... Uh, it's going to be a lot of controversy about his new movie. Whale? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he's wearing a great big fat suit in it. I don't... I, I mean, maybe. I guess if he's going to actually play a 600-pound man, he probably is. Yeah. But, no, he is. Okay. It is, this because is he's definitely also... Confirmed fact. He's also gained, I think, quite a bit of weight. Yeah, they put more weight on him. Okay. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people are upset about it. And then a lot of people are just being mean and saying mean things about it. It's 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 going to be a thing. Apparently, that's isn't that, Aronofsky too. It's it's a Darren Aron. Well, it's Darren Aronofsky. Oh, I do like Aronofsky. He's hit or miss. Yeah, I, I've seen a few of his that really, really, really resonate with me, mm-hmm. and um, others that I'm just bleh, cold on. Yeah, and that movie isn't about um, the Beach Boys guy, is it? Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's based on a play, and I don't think the play is based on the. Uh, Brian Williams. You're talking about Brian Williams? I think so. Yeah. Didn't they make a movie? No. I read a brief synopsis of Whale just today, and it says he plays a guy who left his wife and daughter to have it's a... It's not Brian... Brian Wilson. Wilson. Brian, Brian Williams is a journalist. You're right. <laughs> but but uh, it's about a... It's a fic, I'm pretty sure it's a fiction. But I mean, it might be based on like a, a real person, but I don't think... I think I'm thinking of Love and Mercy. I don't know what you're thinking No, of. I'm not. There's an old Brian Wilson movie. Like... Well, sure. I don't... I don't know it. Yeah. He, he his I think his life ended poorly. It did, and people have made movies about him. Very strange movies about him. I don't know. Okay, so I need to come in again um, to chime in and explain what is happening in my extremely jumbled, uh, foggy brain right now. So in 1994, there's this strange Canadian movie that came out called Whale Music which has grown into a super obscure cult film that I believe can only be found on VHS. I've never seen it. It is about an old rock star who becomes a a recluse in his home and he writes music, um, always in pajamas, and that music is for whales. And this movie is strongly based on uh, Brian Wilson. Um, The character is not Brian Wilson, but, but the movie is pretty much based on his life. I have no idea how this got into my brain. But now I really want to hunt down a copy of this and watch it. Um, so I guess let me know if you want us to do a podcast on the movie Whale Music. Uh, or maybe we could do like a The Whale versus Whale Music podcast, even if they're entirely unrelated, um, except for the title. But yeah, just just yeah, let me know. Let me know. The Bare Naked Ladies referenced him, right? Mm-hmm. Lying in bed just like Brian Wilson did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sort of a mean pointless yeah, reference people, yeah but i'm disappointed that the that aronofsky's the whale is in a brian wilson uh, biopic do you feel that way often that something's not a brian wilson biopic constantly man is it biopic or biopic i always say biopic but yeah, i don't know you almost you almost have to be right biopic sounds medical it's really not yeah it's a biography <laughs> like, picture it's a biopic like, that sounds like an eye thing every so often i look at a word and i just get it wrong immediately and i'm stuck with it forever yeah like I've, i have these glasses because i'm biopic um, that's, not <laughs> that's, that's what it sounds like to me, though. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're making me feel stupid. Yeah, it's okay. I, I off. I you don't. Know, I don't feel stupid. We got to turn the tables sometimes. Sometimes that's <laughs> true. I um, yeah. So I saw that. I watched it one one afternoon when my uh, wife was out mm-hmm. having a ball, and I thought it was really good. I'd, I'd like to watch it again with her because I think she likes basically every person who's in it. Yeah. Um. You'd recommend it, right? I mean, oh, I think you just said it was great. Hundred yeah. percent. I thought yeah. the plot was interesting. I thought yeah. the, uh, the, you know, it's about something. 
real. I looked it up. They, you know, they, they, it, I don't want. To, I guess I don't want to talk too much about it because it sort of drips the plot out the way like Chinatown would. Yeah, I, I mean, I spent a lot of the movie trying to figure out what was going on, but not feeling confused. It's if a that real, makes sense. yeah, it's a real old yeah. school detective sort of yeah. crime noir. And the the reveal of what it is kind of about, like what the whole crime, the information that the crime is about, is actually. Like really relevant it's a, and, yeah. and really interesting. It's about a handful of guys that mm-hmm. are all summoned who don't know each other. Yeah, and it's about those guys trying to piece together what it is they've been called called in to do. You know, a few hours work on because you yeah. know, it turns into more than a few hours work. And uh, there's a great scene. Um, Don Cheadle and Benicio yeah. del Toro, I think, are the it's safe to say those they're are the, the two leads. leads. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, there's that one scene where there's sort of Lynn and Cots trying to figure out. <laughs> almost like you know, it's almost like they're negotiating. They're practicing a negotiation. It's like, yeah. well, let's see. So they're going to clear this much for it, and that means that we had it really under. We really underestimated what it was worth. Yeah, and that probably means that it's worth a lot more than what they're giving us. Yeah, <laughs> and I was I was so tickled by that scene. It, I I really liked it. It's just yeah. It was. Yeah. It's a movie where everybody's thinking all the time. Yeah, and and people ask questions all the time. Mm-hmm. Like what. <laughs> nobody, it, nobody knows. Nobody acts like it's obvious, and yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it's it was also great. kind of fun seeing all these actors that like I've really liked over the years, and now they're they're kind of old guys now. They're all like sixty. I know, and uh, and kind of seeing them get together to do an old guy crime movie, it's really fun. It is fun. Yeah, that might have been Liotta's last movie. There's a when I watched it, I believe there was, it was. A, uh, the, it had a there was um, an in memoriam yeah. kind of at the beginning of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a lot of fun, talented actors, all all happy to share time. You know, yeah, Every, just, everybody did about two scenes, about a hundred lines, and it, it's really great. Yeah, I think Soderbergh's been saying he's going to retire for the last decade, and I don't think he ever will because he's just really good at making movies, and I think he really enjoys it. I think that he did retire the. Uh, End of the '90s or the early 2000s, like after he oh, did, then he did it again. He did Ocean's Three or whatever, and uh, then retired. Then and then he said, "I think he was done." And then he went and made The Nick, yeah, on Showtime. And then he kind of just came back, just kept making movies. I, well, making shows I actually. Th- yeah, I yeah. think Soderbergh, and this is pure speculation. I have not read this anywhere. Yeah. I think he realized that it was easier to make movies. Yeah, it's sort of like it was in the '90s. You could do it with like a with the you know the. Mm-hmm. With the uh, equivalent of a video camera. Yeah. And I just think he likes that. Yeah. Let I mean, pe- I think he loves making movies. I, I think he is the director and the editor of that movie. Yeah. I think he, like, and he uses a pseudonym mm-hmm. as, to be the editor on the, like. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, he, yeah. I think he really enjoys doing all of it. And I think, I think the technology has gotten to a place where he, again, pure speculation, but I get the impression that he likes, he, he likes that he can do it and it's pretty easy without film involved, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So good I for mean, us because he's great at making movies. If you're we good both at saw, something. We both saw the oh, other one that he made, right? Kimmy. Kim, Kimmy? Yeah, I really one. liked Kimmy. And also so different. So different. Like Kimmy is like a techno thriller. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, it's kind of just running around. Is, is it Boston? I forget. I, yeah, but I thought it was like the Bay city. Area because it was. Oh, it, is it is San Francisco. Isn't I it? thought it was. Yeah, I no, I think you're right. I mean, it's almost entirely set in one apartment. Yeah, but. yeah. but it's got like a great Matrix scene it just where really, she's she's running in the office building and like it's very good. It's just really good. And that one had a real made during the pandemic it feel did. to it because it mm-hmm. really felt like there was one person in the room at all times. Yeah, but to no real like detriment, it felt mm-hmm. thrilling. Yeah. Watch anything else? I don't know. The Black Phone. We 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 had talked about doing the Black Phone. It feels like three weeks ago, yeah. and we saw it in theaters. I saw it, I, we didn't see it together, but we both saw it in the theater. Yes, um, 
And that would have been right around the 8th, right around, I think I saw that on like July 8th or July 9th. So it's yeah. been that long. It's been a couple of weeks. Then. I know, today's at 26. I mean, I can't, I can't believe our last episode was not episode B. Yeah, well. It feels like it's been forever. The tone has entirely changed. That's true. Have I, you been to on the border? <laughs> I was there, you know something? What? No, I was there on Sunday. Really? Yeah. I uh, my my wife went on a uh, uh, writer's retreat and she mm-hmm. flew and when I picked her up at the airport she said let's go down the border I said okay that's yeah. great and we got there and that place is still it's feeling shaky yeah and we walked in I'd say it was at thirty percent occupancy and they still told us we had a fifteen minute wait wow yeah I said well how about if we just go to the bar they said the bar is also on a wait I'm like well okay and so there was nobody sitting at the bar mm-hmm. uh, there were about four or five occupied tables in the area yeah. We did not order the queso. It, it just feels like these... Ah, bummer. I just get the feeling that everybody there is now being pulled so thin. Yeah. I really don't want to be a bully about cheese. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I said this, I said this, I might, I'm sure that we joked about this on the last non-episode. I just don't really need one bowl of cheese. You know, that place fills me up so, so um, effectively. Efficiently. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm not missing it really. And the people that are there are... are they're they're piloting a ghost ship, you know. At this point, it's a it's a skeleton crew all mm-hmm. the time. I just don't want to hurt the wrong people. Although yeah. you know, we can keep like oh, we will publicly scorning mm-hmm. the higher. Oh ups. no, the next time we're there, I'm going to ask for the case. Okay, yeah, but you you are not in the club. I was telling Merms that we should start a podcast network, and Merms suggested we call it Queso Club. Sure. And I think it's a great idea. That's fine. We can use hold on the border add, add copy. <laughs> it's exactly and just, just like edit it. Just what a, do they care? Just an insane quest <laughs> to to shame a company that made a mistake. Yeah, maybe we gotta find a new chain restaurant to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe well no, I'm not gonna stop going on the border. Well, oh, that's I like mean a, just to, that's in my to DNA. talk about. Oh well we could. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to talk about it on the border apart from no, the queso. We're, yeah, we're going to run out, I think. My sympathy for the people there is is uh, now outweighs my incredulity about this queso club. Mm-hmm. I just don't like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to hurt, I just don't want to hurt the wrong people. Yeah. yeah so I, I, that's not my, that's not my objective. Uh, yeah, let's think. I mean, we'll just scour the papers for deal, okay. the deals that don't make a lot of sense. This is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Any place, you know, any place that offers um, bottomless mimosas, mm-hmm. we can go fuck them up. We would probably die also. Yeah. God, it's been a long time since we did bottomless mimosas. My last memory of that was a place that just gave us pictures. Where? In New um, York? No, in in, uh, in Jersey. Was it near my house? Yeah, down the street from your old place. Yeah, no, that was, we actually ended that program. program yeah, I, they stopped doing bottomless yeah, we mimosas. We were the last ones in and closed the door behind yeah, us. Yeah, I think... I mean, they didn't have a time limit or anything. No, they we didn't. We sat there for two hours. They didn't expect people to drink as much as, as, much as we did. I, I bet yeah. we cost them a fortune in juice. Yeah, I bet the juice cost more than the champagne that they were pouring. Yeah. Um, but I just remember we just kept going. Yeah. And then we we stumbled well, back the, to your apartment. Well, the waitress was game. Yeah. She wasn't angry about it. She kept giving them to us. Yeah. But yeah, we, we had to walk about 150 feet back to my apartment. And then I think I did jujitsu pins on Greg. You and, did. And you cried. That's possible. Yeah. Pretty sure that was that was the day. Oh. And it was like 2 p.m. Well, that's healthy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, what I remember most is that I I think I blacked out. Yeah. And disappeared for a while. Not, not physically, just personally and mentally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We yeah. had a little too much champagne. It but, was good. But we could do that anytime. Yeah. Well, uh, we do have two pieces of listener mail. Oh, wow. Let's just start with that then. Okay. Um, so let's start with the one from uh, 
the guy who does the music that I often start the show with, uh, Randy. Yep. So Randy sent us a message. Uh, let me make sure. Okay, let me see. Where's this? All right. Uh, Is it just the your producers. address? No, 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 no. It's, okay. it's, it's <laughs> just going to read my home address. Yeah. Oh, well, that, I wish, no, I, I I wish look, I'd read this before I read it out loud. I had to look for from the producers folder. Okay, here we go. To the producers. That's the name of the email. That's the title that, that Randy wrote. Oh, so this isn't really to us. So it said from the producers. And now it says to the producers. Oh, you're right. This might not be for us. I mean, I assume the producers have read it. I, so they must have been okay with us I, reading I have it. never met the producers. Neither of us have ever met the producers. Have you, how did you get I that? communicate with the producers. Do you think he sent this to us accidentally? The why producers? Not, why don't you read that out loud and then we'll decide whether or not okay, it's for us. Okay, here we go. Uh, Randy. To the producers. Hello, Madeline and her attorney. Okay, okay. It was to the producers, but it is hello, Madeline and her attorney. All right, so that Randy doesn't know what the fuck's Randy going on. Randy is fucking confused. Uh, <laughs> long, long time, first time, or whatever it is that they say on public radio call. Oh. This is, I'd say this is going well. <laughs> is this his first time typing words? I think so. I've been highly enjoying listening to the pod while working lately. And I hope that there is even more mediocre chain food talk in the future. See? Okay. See? People want that. Well. The chains being mediocre, not the conversation. <laughs> Ooh. Very sweet. Yeah, a little Or, or little is, it, is that a challenge or is that a compliment? Well, well he want, I think what he was implying was that he was describing a mediocre food chain conversation yeah. and wanted to clarify. Yeah. So he was being gentle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I will also say, not episode B got the best reviews we've ever gotten from any episode we've done. Can I see these reviews? Are they like on a public forum? Are people leaving us reviews? All right. I admit it. It's all Merms texting me. Um, oh. Yeah. I mean, Merms said that, you know, when in the future they look back at podcasts from this time period, not episode B is going to be, you know, on the top of the podcast I like pile. his I like I his optimism that yeah. one people are going to still be alive in the future mm-hmm. and two they're going to look back at podcasts. Yeah. Also what we're saying right now this is not in Randy's email. We've gone off script. How much of this is not in his email? Um the last thing he said was the chains being mediocre not the conversation. Okay, good. What well, is there more? I uh, guess. It sounds like the Queso Chronicles may Ooh. be coming to an end though. Wow, he he wrote this did you write this 10 seconds ago? That's what it feels like. Do you think Randy can see the future? I don't know. I mean, do, do I think he's got a bug in the room? I don't know. I, I, I hope so, honestly. Um, as a lactose-sensitive gentleman in my early 30s, I've been living vicariously through your enjoyment of free cheese juice. Okay, is that it? That was the garage. No, but is the is Oh, no, no, there's more. Um, it's kind of a long one. Anyways, <laughs> let's get to the point. It appears that Madeline has gotten tired of the two to three songs I've sent her with permission to use as intro music. So here's another one. Feel free to use an expert excerpt. Excerpt, not expert. I'm an expert. He says we can use an excerpt. Okay. For any future episodes. Great. Um, listen closely around five seconds in. Happy casting, Randy. Oh, okay. Well, that's very thoughtful. Thank you, Randy. Um, would you like to hear the song? Um, and then we can talk about it live. Do you think Randy wants us to do that? I I don't care. I hope he doesn't, actually. Oh, well, then... I, we then absolutely do, should. Do you care what I want? In, would it, maybe. I guess it depends on yeah, whether or not it's it. the same as what I want. <laughs> if it is, then then I care. I if it's of, not, I don't. I kind of feel like that's the opposite of caring. No. I care as long as you agree with me. 
I'm not sure that's what caring is. Anyway, let's say, let's just play the song. I mean, I don't know how long it's going to go on for. But was that my voice at the beginning? I don't. Did he I sample was, me? I think it was Randy. Uh, he sounded a little bit like me. Maybe. Maybe you and Randy. Are you Randy? <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I mean, I like it very much. Yeah, I think we're going to use it at the start of this episode and That's, the next one. Uh, you can play it through the whole episode. Should I just let this go? Let it loop behind us the whole All time. All right, let's, let me turn it down a little. Well, you don't have to let it play the entire time live. Too late. You can't stop it now. I don't know how to turn this off. Yeah, my Zoom's batteries are low. I can't turn it off. I rigged up this whole thing, and now I don't know how to stop it. That's basically the nuclear program in a nutshell. Oh, I do like this part, though. Wait, listen to this. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I can't believe a human could make music like this. Yeah, I mean, maybe Randy's not a human. That would explain the syntax in the email. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Thank you for writing free music. I gotta, I have to admit, I really like the part where he said, Madeline and her attorney watch movies. Yeah, Randy, if you would make a variation of this theme, just speed it up or something and slow it down. You could do one that's like one-eighth speed. And at the beginning, just say, Madeline and her attorney watch movies. <laughs> I'm not. I'm laughing because I like it so much, not because I think it's a bad idea. I mean, it's it's, it's not a great idea. It's my no. idea. It's not yeah. your idea. Your Don't ideas are normally pretty bad. Yeah, I'm very good at coming up with incredibly easy to remember bad ideas. <laughs> Would you like to name one? Well, I, yeah. I mean, I, my this is actually one of my dad's. Um, he always thought that our our little hometown lacked good coffee, and he said if he ever wanted to, if he ever wanted to, he could find some property and open up. Uh, a, a coffee shop called Alfred's Very Good Coffee. And it's, to my view, so silly and dumb, but I think perfect. I That's think, really good. I think people would wear T-shirts that said that. Alfred's Very Good Coffee. Yeah. I think people would drink it. Yeah. I mean, it would, I mean but you do set the standards. You know, your expectations are pretty high at that yeah. point. Like, what if it's mediocre? You got to live up to it at least a little bit. Like, hey, a, I mean, what we if don't it's even, mediocre, like, chain restaurant conversation? We don't strive for excellence. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, if the coffee was not very good, mm -hmm. people would poo-poo it i mean i think more people might want to wear the shirt but just ironically maybe well yeah. maybe we just sell that shirt we should sell that shirt as a madeline and her attorney watch movies yeah. shirt. alfred's very good coffee alfred's very good coffee. maham alfred's very good coffee. it's very good yeah <laughs> fine by me all right so the producers hey, have sent me one more email. listeners let us know if you want that shirt okay yeah we'll, listeners we'll, chime in we'll sell that shirt to you we're gonna sell you things yeah that's, but if you, that's this now look well, there's a cost associated with production you got to at least cover the cost and then we got to make a little something on the back end you know for the effort okay so this next email comes from art in fort lauderdale florida art okay you, you looked at me like maybe i'm art i don't want you to know if you knew you art. thought maybe i was your are brother you, are you <laughs> I'm not this one either. <laughs> My mother, the car. Um, <laughs> I think that's a movie, right? <laughs> yeah, actually, it should be. <laughs> I think it is. Wait, you think that's actually a movie? I think if you, I don't want you to. No, I have distract to distract yourself. Yeah. You got to read our email, but from Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, Lauderdale. For, I guess it was probably a fort, Flo probably Florida, in the War of eighteen twelve. Florida, Florida Dale, Florida, Florida, 
Florida. <laughs> you Flor- know, Flor- you know, last <laughs> week you thought well, last week our last episode you thought no, that's unerable. I, I think that one's going to be okay. This one's giving me concern. <laughs> This one, this one doesn't feel like it's it has not, the same level. It's my yeah. fault. I think I don't. I don't think I have the uh, the normal Alfred energy. For I this. mean, neither of us are drunk. It's not not even a little drunk. We've just started. We've just begun the drunk. Yeah. Um. So maybe we'll do a follow up later. I mean, we're gonna watch Nope. After yeah, that's this. sort of an interesting. I was I was yeah. sort of gonna save that. We might come. Well, here's the thing. I guess we're about to read a a, a listener mail. Yes. And I don't want to distract the viewers, the listeners from the mail. Mm-hmm. This is what I was gonna say. Tonight, we have tickets to see the movie Nope. We're going to go see it together. Yes. And assuming the movie does not kill us. Hopefully. We can come back and do an epilogue. A I post think, script. Yeah. And we'll be wasted. And that. if the movie kills us, yeah. we won't. We won't do anything. It'll just end <laughs> and there won't be any follow-up. All right. Hi, Madeline and her attorney. Great episode. Or should I say, non-isode. Wanted to ask you a combo question. What is your favorite scene of someone drinking, booze or otherwise, in a movie? And if you had to drink out of anything but a cup, what would you choose to imbibe from? Thanks. And I think this says Salanti. I think it's Slancha. Slancha? It's Irish. Yeah, it's, it's Irish? Cheers. Slancha. I, again, I'm not reading it, but you said it looks like Salanti. <laughs> it does look like Salanti. And, and that's how Irish looks. <laughs> it's all slanty. <laughs> all right. So what is your favorite scene of someone drinking in a movie? Oh, favorite scene of someone drinking in a movie. Yeah. I'm thinking about Paul Giamatti. Sideways? Sideways. I mean, that's very memorable. No fucking Merlot. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for someone who cares about wine. Mm -hmm. I mean, I normally pay more attention to people eating spaghetti in movies. That's sort of my thing. How often do you see that in a movie? More than you would guess. Favorite drinking. It's funny. Now that the question's put to me, I don't feel like I I can really recall... Yeah. Like I mean, we already were, talked about The World's End recently. Right, we did. And, and you know what? I actually watched one. The World's End between last episode and this. Oh, that rule. Isn't it fantastic? It really is better than I remembered. Yeah. I do worry, or not worry, I wish a little bit that it wasn't so much of a... Um, uh, uh, I, it reminds me too much of the one with zombies, uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Like, I wish that it didn't have the hordes of robots that were almost like, you know... Video yeah. game, you know, like uh, opponents, you just swat mm-hmm. them away and they kind of fall apart. Mm-hmm. I didn't need that. I actually really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the movie's like premise. Yeah, me too. And it's sort of undermined by, by all the all WWE the style. Yeah. Like, and, and some of it's good. Yeah. But in a way, once you've seen it, you don't necessarily gain anything the second time or the third time. It doesn't get more imaginative as it gets along. Mm-hmm. They just do it again. And uh, it might have been fun. And I'm sure it was fun for the for the boys in it to like make the movie. Yeah, but um, but it it's not the part I think about when I think about that movie, especially because it doesn't yield any real out. Like, there's no. nothing that comes of it ever. It's never, it, you know, nobody's lost in a fight really. Mm-hmm. Like every person that's that's uh, snatched. Yeah, I guess. they get snatched. Like, every person who who's when just, people who's are assimilated yeah. by the robots yeah. is just taken. Yeah, yeah, sort of covertly. Other movies that have great like drinking scenes in them. I mean, The World's End is a good one. That yeah, movie has yeah. a lot of... A lot of people slamming what, beers. What I was about to say was that when I think of movies that have sort of memorable drinking in them, mm-hmm. it's depressing. You know, it's like, it's like, don't do this. Yeah. Like, Leaving Las Vegas has... <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, that's, <laughs> it, 
that in, in a real way, one of my favorite drinking scenes in movies is the one where he's drinking while driving, and a police officer rolls up next to him, yeah, and he like and Nick he does like a Nick Cage face, and the yeah. cop you know moves along, and he just keeps drinking it. It's like kind of funny, yeah, but the but it's premise very sad. of I mean that yeah. movie is a heavy heavy movie. Uh huh. Um, a Star is Born. Has I some memorable drinking scenes. Really? With yeah. Bradley Cooper and no, uh, Gaga? I haven't, I haven't seen it either. Oh, I've seen it a few times. Yeah. I, that movie affects me very deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's just sad. You know, the alcoholism stuff is heavy. It's hard to f- think of movies that are funny. I guess in the last 20 years, I, mean, I think alcohol is funny. We just have to or, like it. Yeah, I give it like, favorite, I also, right? I mean, I like, think a lot about... Um, John Wick, right? Sure. Because one of the really fun things they did, like for that production, is they paired every character with a, a liquor, and like a branded liquor, which I'm sure you know was sponsorship or whatever. But it's really fun in the movie. Yeah. Like John Wick's uh, liquor is Blanton's bourbon. Oh, I see. Kind of yeah. like James Bond. Yeah, yeah. Has a, a martini. But I mean, James Bond martinis are yeah. memorable, fun. And it's like. Um, Beer Fest. Like, that's there's a fun another character. Oh, Beer Fest is fucking. That's the first movie Matt and I watched on a date. That's nice. That's yeah. a good one. I love uh, Broken Lizard very much. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my my one of my favorites was Super Troopers. We saw super, the Super Troopers sequel together, right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't as good. No. <laughs> well, it's hard to recapture a, a formula that works. I'd never even heard of him when I saw the first one. We saw that in a, a theater near my college. Yeah. And I was, uh, I don't know. I guess I saw the ads. Mm-hmm. And the ads were kind of funny, but the movie really impressed me. It was, yeah. I, I kept laughing. I, I laughed at that movie probably more than most. More than most. Uh, that means almost nothing. But um, <laughs> I, that movie reliably gets me smiling all the time. Mm-hmm. And I definitely quote the, uh, once they got the syrup in them, they got antsy in the pantsy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. Brian Cox. That's, that's uh, yeah. Logan Roy in that oh, movie. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Uh, that's, that's a funny. good one. Yeah. All right. And then the second part of the question was if you – well, drink out of anything. I think we know what this is be. a reference to. Um, well, the answer would be a glass. Done. Let's move on. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's going to make, that's gonna make <laughs> art what, what pretty it, upset. What is it a reference to? This is a reference to your to your anthem, your anthem, of the, your song of the summer. What was that? You're going to put oh, whiskey in a boot. whiskey in a boot. Wow, I totally forgot that oh, immediately. Song of the summer. Man, I was I had so much fun putting that together. It was so good. Yeah, I think that's my wedding that song. That made me laugh out loud. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good song. Man, not as be really was the peak. We might we maybe should stop the podcast. No, no. We'll we'll get there again. There's okay. there's plenty of peaks in a mountain range. We'll All be fine. Right, okay. And if we don't, we don't. And then who cares? Yeah. Well who cares. You want to talk about the black phone? Yeah, actually. My I, boy, my boy Ethan Hawk. Oh wait. I have a new new answer for favorite drinking scene. Okay. It's Ethan Hawke drinking uh, bleach at the end of First Reform. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> or is he like pouring Pepto into whiskey? No, he's doing what you said. He's, yeah. pouring, he's drinking bleach. I mean, bleach. earlier in the movie, I think oh, he pours yeah. Pepto into whiskey yeah. and drinks that. And then it. at the end, I'm pretty sure it's just straight up bleach. At the end of First Reform, he's certain to kill himself. Oh, yeah. By hook or 100%. by crook. They're, they're, he... he it is unclear how he's going to do it, yeah, but it he like, is one hundred percent going to do it. Yeah, my memory. Sorry movie, for the first reform spoilers, but it's we actually not. talked you about that movie on first the podcast. Reform. So I know no spoiler. I deleted that episode. What? Yeah, you knew what? you knew this. I need more of a handle on what's going on. Yeah, well, we've we've, we've discussed it. Yeah, it was way back when like 
the, I, the good old days. The good old days when I had severe depression. <laughs> the all or nothing days. Yeah. And yeah. now I have moderate depression. Way better. Yeah, it is better. A huge improvement, if you ask me. I would think. <laughs> I read an interesting article about none. Is it depression? About <laughs> depression, yeah. About antidepressants. But that's probably not subject fodder for also, this conversation. probably false. What do you mean? If, it's, if the article you're referencing is the one I'm thinking of, that's something... That like right wing parties are really running with, and oh, really? I think is not is not accurate. Then, you, then fine. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like I, I think that's a that's a bad faith article. Okay. Yeah. It's possible mm-hmm. if it's the one that I'm thinking. It's of. just the idea that they 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 have the comparable effect as a uh, the the yeah. I mean, I yeah. don't want to say it if you think it's like false. No, I do. Okay. Yeah, I do think it's false. Okay. I I think that the human ability to study what's actually happening in the brain. Um, you know, it's going to get it's proven very once limited. and unproven again and yeah. proven and unproven. And um, I think that's something that's really going to fuel people who want to take away our health care. Um, yeah, and so possibly. it's a, an attitude that I don't want to encourage in anyone. Kind of an ableism mixed with like a Ubermensch style fascism. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, then we won't. We won't. We can pin this. You can. You can trim this whole little. Uh, I'll just say. Segment. I think that Reverend Toller would have benefited from some antidepressants. Probably. <laughs> yeah. No. I work with. I work with psychologists and psychiatrists, or not with, but it, you know, I. I they are. Mm-hmm. We contract with them, and they're all on board with Prozac and. Yeah. Something to help, and my my clients are the ones that that generally would need a little. Uh, Assistance. So I'm 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 professionally and personally on the side of there's no harm in it at the very least, and it seems to you know seems to help. Yeah. But I have no personal experience with it, so I am just an outsider at the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I could talk about my personal experience and how I went from severely to moderately depressed, and how it's been a massive improvement in my life. I would think that's been a massive. <laughs> yeah. yes. I kind of just repeated what I said earlier, but now I'm like. Adding in the fact that antidepressants were huge. Good. Yeah. That's a PSA then. Yeah, it's a PSA. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of drugs. They're great. Dump that machismo. Don't do it yourself. Don't white knuckle it. Yeah, but don't do worms as drugs. Don't snort worms. And uh, don't don't, uh, swallow drugs to cross the border. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. It's like that Clint Eastwood movie, right? Mule? Mule? I mean, yeah, I think so. And then that other one, Maria Full of Grace or whatever. I haven't seen that one. I maybe made that up. That might not be a movie. No, that's a movie. Oh, okay, cool. But I haven't seen it. It's also just a phrase, so. Is it? Yeah. Oh, this is, we're back into Catholicism again. Yeah. Good. Because we almost hadn't brought that up. We almost hadn't blessed I mean, we we definitely did, but you you made reference to the first Reformed again. I did. Which we we, we enjoyed. I, I, I wonder about that episode. I guess what well, I don't care about that one. Let's I mean, move forward. I don't Black phone. Your, your main man, Ethan Black Hawk. Phone, Ethan Hawk. Yeah. Bring. Bring. It's dead kids. Bring. <laughs> All right. End of, end of episode. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs> it's for you. Bring. <laughs> All right, so The Black Phone is a film that's in theaters right now, directed by um, former uh, Doctor Strange filmmaker Scott Derrickson. Okay. I guess disgraced Marvel figure well, Scott I don't know Derrickson. that he's disgraced. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was fired. But, you know, so was our boy who did uh, the movie we were just talking about, uh, the, the Englishman. The Englishman? Yeah. Um, I can't think of his name. I'm shocked. Baby Driver. Baby, oh, Ed, Edgar Wright? Edgar Wright. Yeah, was I don't a, like Edgar Wright. Didn't he? But but did he get fired from Marvel? The World's End is an Edgar Wright movie, isn't it? Yeah, that doesn't mean I like Edgar Wright. Oh, well, he was he was the first director attached to Ant Man. Oh, oh yeah, he did that first Ant Man. And they, well, he didn't. He tried, and oh, they said they didn't like what he was doing with it, and they fired him. 
dumped him. Yeah. I like the Ant-Mans. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, whatever. Um, they're kind of a taste of where the universe yeah. is going. But uh, Derrickson hit, hit it out of the park with the first Doctor I, Strange. I think so. Yeah. Sure. The first one? I I, uh, I don't care. Yeah. I, it's, I don't think any of the Marvel movies are very good. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying that from the point I, of view of the, all of them the, in the general theaters public. Too. I'm yeah. not, I, if you ask me, I don't give a shit. Oh, yeah, no, it was like a blockbuster. It, yeah. prob- it probably made a billion dollars. Oh, easily. Yeah. Huge hit. Yeah. I, again, I've seen all of them, and I'm increasingly mm-hmm. or decreasingly interested in each each new one. They're although, boring. Although I did see the trailer for Wakanda Forever, and it gave me chills, so yeah. I probably will see that one. I mean, the trailer might be better than the movie. It's possible. It's possible. Did you see the the new Doctor Strange? I did. So we saw that. In the, I see them all. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I've seen it too. Uh, but I don't you just saw it. I remember you texted yeah, me. This is barely TV a movie. And it was it was fucking horrible. Yeah, my buddy said that about Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. too. Like I felt, I again, this is a movie where I felt embarrassed watching it, but not because I was seeing myself reflected back at me, but because I was seeing a horrible movie. Yeah, if I had made it, you'd be like, oh, what a shame. Yeah, I'd be like, I don't know if I can keep speaking to him because I'm too embarrassed. I don't want to say anything mean to him about this movie that he made, but I don't like this movie. Yeah. And then, of course, it, it probably cost $250 <laughs> oh million. Dollars. I yeah. mean, I don't I don't understand people who, are, who like them, honestly. Yeah. Like, I don't understand people who, like, go and see movies and like real movies and then they go and see something like Doctor Strange in the well, that is, multiverse that madness. That is me. But whatever. But you just said that you, you don't love them. You think they're all mediocre. Yeah, they're increasingly but mediocre. But the people are like, what a like amazing or I guess subpar. film. Like people think they're good. I get. I'm so confused. Well, they're much more like amusement park rides than yeah. they are like movies. Yeah. Ant Man himself, Paul Rudd, is sort mm-hmm. of dismissive of the work he's doing on Ant Man. I mean, a lot of them. I you you heard Christian Bale like. Who was in the Thor movie and in interviews? He was We've like, "I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I don't know who How Marvel is." How does it feel is? to enter the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe? I'm not entering anything. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, and he did three Batman, so yeah. you know he's not exactly high. You know, he's not Daniel Day Lewis. No, but but just the how dismissive he is of this stuff. I don't watch those fucking funny. movies. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, I love the idea of Christian Bale as somebody who's a little bit surly and lower class. Yeah. Well. What are you talking about? Marvel what? <laughs> I painted my skin white for this one here. Eh? Got long nails, eh? Scary, isn't it? <laughs> but right. So they gave me yellow eyes. I don't know. What the fuck? At some point during the... the um, I, I don't know if it's pre-production or, or during production process. Scott Derrickson got fired. He's still listed as an executive producer. Oh, on the Multiverse of Madness? Yeah. Sam Raimi took over as director, which is why it has all the goofy Sam Raimi yeah, shit. Yeah, you don't it. like him. We already talked I've, about it. I'm really starting to just accept that I, I don't love Sam Raimi. It's fine. I'm like, as a young horror fan, you couldn't do that. Well, like, I felt so much pressure to be like, Sam Raimi rules, all three Evil Deads are good. And then I started being like, well, only it, only one and two are you good. You know, it's funny. Even, only two is good. Even back in yeah. 1997, 98, I watched mm-hmm. that um, uh, Army of Darkness, the third one. Yeah, that's the one I hate. And everybody loved it. All my friends were like, "This movie's so incredible." Dumb. I didn't. I didn't get it. I was like, "Well, it's like yeah. a like a joke." <laughs> it's like a joke of yeah. a movie. And I mean, there's too much Army of Darkness shit in that Doctor Strange movie. Oh, yeah, no, this feels yeah. like Army of Darkness too. Yeah, it's it's, but it's then also it feels like insincere. Like it's way more like, hey, look at this! It's like Army of Darkness well, the, than it does feel like something that naturally should have happened in that movie. Well, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is getting into a really unusual position where yeah. it's going to be almost impossible to tell a story that makes sense. The first yeah. twenty movies, incredibly, 
wove together mm -hmm. to a, a narrative conclusion that kind of made reference to all of them. Yeah. And had a payoff and it, people really were moved by it. Uh, they've made like 10 so far since then and none of them seem to have anything to do with any of them. No. I mean, but then they try to. Eh, I spent really. I spend half of, whenever I watch these movies with Matt, I spend like all this time being like, am I supposed to know what this is? Am I supposed to know who that is? And half the time the answer is yes and half the time it's no and then I'm just confused. Um, but yeah. whatever. I, I'm a guy that never really read comic books, but I read about them. We, I read comics. We, when I was in yeah. middle school, there Honestly, were these comic yeah. book trading cards, and mm -hmm. I bought those. And I don't really know why, but yeah. I really like those. So I have sort of the, the back of the card character biographies for all mm -hmm. these comic characters. And now Wikipedia pages have like really, really in-depth and, yeah. you know, sort of descriptions of their stories. And I get a kick out of reading about them, but I don't read the comics themselves because I don't, I don't really enjoy the medium yeah there's fun, a there's a handful that i like but fun fact so i read comics all through high school i read a lot of marvel comics oh. too and the thing that made me stop reading comics or stop reading marvel comics specifically was uh civil war yeah well, um, that's because a, i couldn't afford to buy every series and if you weren't reading every series oh, it didn't make sense um and you know there was like they were publishing like eight to twelve different comics that were all part of the series yeah and i i just didn't i was in high school I didn't have the money to go and buy, you know, eight to twelve, three to four dollar comics every month. Yeah. Yeah. So I stopped reading comics because of it. And it's the same with the Marvel movies. It's like if I have to see every single one, I'm I'm like disincentivized. Well, I don't I, think, think I, that's a word, but you understand. You know, that is um, oh, cool. discouraged that probably That's probably a better word. Yeah, probably. Disincentivized. That is a word people use. Incentivized certainly is. Yes. So then you, you diss it. Yeah, it's a disincentive. Disincentive. <laughs> My point is almost the opposite, though. Yeah. At this point, it feels to me like none of the movies are related to each mm -hmm. other. The, the The through line now appears to be this Doctor Strange, you know, multiverse time multiversal man. issue. Yeah, but even that's just. Paper thing. Yeah, whatever. I don't give a shit. Spider Man's basically out. I am watching the Punisher the series from Netflix a few years ago. Yeah. Wow, we're so off topic. I don't um, think so. We're talking about the Black Phone. Yeah, we're talking about the Black Phone. Ethan Hawke also was in Moon Knight. Yes, which I watched as much as I could. That was a sleepy turd. Had to give up. I, <laughs> I mean, I fucking love Oscar Isaac. It's certainly not worth six Ethan hours Hawk of your time. And, that, that, and I, that, I just gave up. That was uh, that was dreadful. In my yeah. opinion, it was the low. That was the ebb. That was mm -hmm. the low point of the whole like endeavor. But yeah, so Derrickson um, gets fired off of Doctor Strange, and then does Black Phone with um, with Joe Hill. So Joe Hill is the son of Stephen King, who also became a writer who's tried really hard to to distinguish himself from his father. Um, to some degree of success, maybe not really, well, not did, really to people. What I'll say is I didn't know. This was based on a short story until I, the credit reflected that it was. Yeah. I don't. I didn't know who Joe Hill was, mm -hmm. and I, as I walked out of the theater, I said, "Boy, that's like vintage Stephen King." Yeah, and then it was Stephen King's and son. And then I looked <laughs> it up, like, "Oh, well, his kid wrote that." So yeah, yeah. Joe Hill has also written. Um, uh, uh, he, he's written some like pretty long novels, oh, yeah. like like Stephen King sized novels to to say, um, Nosferatu, which is like N O S four A. Two, um, which was a series on AMC, but was a big fat novel first. Oh, I have not heard even one yeah. word about this. And then he also wrote a story called Horns that got adapted into a film with Daniel Radcliffe. And I did not like that movie. It's bad. That I remember, but I did not say it. Yeah, it was bad. Um, but I, and I didn't watch Nosferatu. Uh, uh -huh. 
But um, I did go see the Black Phone. I read some of the short story. I just like found it online. Yeah, it's 30 pages long. It's, it's, it's very a, short. It's a breezy read. And it kind of starts at the um, the incident that kind of kicks off the yeah, actual Black Phone shit. 20 minutes in or so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the movie, The Black Phone, opens with kind of kid stuff. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of kids. Yeah, and it's set in 1978. Yeah. I don't know that the year is actually relevant, except that it... Pre- except that it's the 70s. It predates cell phones. It, it yeah. predates a lot of the cameras. It that, predates helicopter helicopter parenting. Really predates that. Yeah, yeah, which I think is a big aspect of the movie and like a very interesting aspect of the movie because those kids get into some shit. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's it's set in a world that resembles the world my father used to describe, bullies picking on smart kids and mm-hmm. learning to fight to Yeah. Fight to the practically fight to the death to keep them from bothering you. Yeah. And another thing I, I kinda liked about that seventies setting, it looked really drab. The clothes look good, the cars look good, and it didn't feel nostalgic for that. No, yeah. Which I is agree. something I hate about like the eighties boys on bikes movies. Because it's always <laughs> like so nostalgic for the eighties and it's made by like people who were born in the late eighties. And then people who love it were born in the 90s. You're making fun of Stranger Things. I have to. I really enjoy Stranger Things. I don't know. I don't I care. Liked, uh, yeah. I liked, uh, what was the other one? Not 8mm. That's the Nick Cage movie. <laughs> I love 8mm. Super, Super 8 though, I think, right? Yeah, I didn't see Super 8. That's another one that's pretty yeah, fun. Yeah, but there's a whole bunch. Like yeah, It, well, is, it is that. Uh, there was this movie called Summer 84. Like that's a whole genre. That's when I say boys on bikes. Like no, I'm actually speaking about. I was a boy on a bike about... myself in 1984. Well, 84, I was only three and a half years old. But uh it was it was my general. That's yeah. like I. That's very identifiable to me as as true. You know, I would ride a bicycle all over town. I didn't have yeah. a phone or anything, so I just sort of went out and came back. But I would say a lot of the stuff that that is like doing that that theme is just very very soaked in nostalgia. Um, I guess. Yeah, and the black phone is not. No. Yeah. In not fact, really. it's it's kind of critical of of that time period. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I really like is. There's a bunch of fights at the beginning. A lot of fights. Between Again, the kids. Bullies. The fights are fucking beating brutal. Beating the shit out of little kids or a trying to. Yeah. smashes a kid's head open with a rock and blood pours out of his I head. Know. And it's <laughs> then just like skipped over like it was nothing. And I'm like, that's what would have happened in the 70s. Yeah. yeah Consec- it's really there were, interesting. There were physical consequences, yeah. but no legal consequences. Yeah. So, and like the, the thing that's going on is there is someone, what is his name? The Grabber? The Grabber. It's a terrible name. I don't agree. I think that's a really good name. <laughs> Oh my god! It's one of my favorite things about it because it's absolutely a name that kids would call a guy. Yeah, but, and but the adults are calling him the grabber. Well, he's the grabber. He is the grabber. He grabs you. Every you get grabbed. That kid got grabbed. That kid got grabbed. So kids are getting grabbed. grabbed. Is, is, there's some child stealer man called the grabber who is is grabbing kids. It's assumed. It's alleged because yeah. a bunch of kids go missing, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and they ha- there's a slightly supernatural quality to the film also. Yeah. No, there is. Um, or I guess there's two. There's there's one very o- overt supernatural aspect. Which is the, the psychic girl. Well, I would say the phone. Well, I would say that they're the, related. I don't know. You don't think that that family is just psychic and that being psychic is a thing that is just said to exist in the world? Just I guess it's different. I guess it's possible. I mean, I actually think it's kind of... It's so funny because when they introduce... So our main character is a kid named Finney. Um, he's got a little sister and then they've got a dad who's played by, uh, God, is it Jeremy Davies? That's it. 
Yeah, that's it. You're oh right. Oh, my God. I love him. And he's... You sh- you, did you ever watch Lost? He's on that, too? Yes, he's on Lost. He was in a movie called Ravenous. Yeah, I've seen Ravenous. Oh, I fucking love... Ravenous was like a comfort movie for me. I watched it like every day when I came Is home. Is Guy Pearce in that, too? He's the lead. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's Guy Pearce and um, Robert Carlyle. Yeah. But Jeremy Davies is in it and gives a, a sick performance. He says one of my favorite lines of dialogue in like movies... What is, what is it? I, he screams like he was licking me. <laughs> it's really good. He was really good and lost too. He really like gave that show some energy when I needed it. Yeah, and I, he's I like really lost. good in this movie. Yeah. So he's their abusive dad, and he's alcoholic. a single parent, alcoholic, abusive. hard, al- hard alcoholic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so when we meet these kids, kind of the introduction to the sister is she's getting pulled in by the cops. And they're in interviewing her because she said something to the sister of one of the missing kids. Yeah. Um, which was a description of what was going to happen to him. Or the, what had happened or but something. He, but she said it before it happened. Yeah. Or Yeah, something like that. Okay. Because my, my memory of it is that she described, she just said she had a dream mm-hmm. that he got grabbed and there were black balloons. Yeah, maybe that was it. And they were like, there were black balloons there. Well, that happens when her brother gets grabbed. All or black, when the there are black balloons at all of them. Yeah, but yeah. the black balloon conversation happens after a different kid. Yeah, okay. Doesn't matter. Actually, like, does not matter at all. Yeah. But, uh, so, like, they're interviewing her. They're like, why did you know about it? Why did you know what happened to him? Tell us what you know. And she's like, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. And then uh, she's like, I dreamed it. Yeah, sometimes I have dreams and sometimes and she my says, dreams sometimes come true. Sometimes my dreams come true. And it's yeah. horrible, horrible line of dialogue. A lot of the dialogue that the kids are given is bad. But the kids sell it. They're, they're really good. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. The kids, all the acting in this movie is really good. This is a I, I thought very the kids were terrific. well-directed film. Unusually talented mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. yeah. Well-cast, well-directed. They just have some shitty dialogue. Yeah, like sure. I, I actually think the dialogue is my biggest criticism of the film. Which, you know, this is a pretty positive thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Because it looks, the movie looks really good. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's, yeah. a, and it's intense. Mm-hmm. And there's some good, I mean, I, there's some dopey jump scares that, yeah. uh, that don't need to be in the movie. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, uh, I don't even, I like them. I didn't like the visualization. Okay, so the the so the one yeah. so the sisters, the girl who has dreams that come true, the brothers sort of I don't I don't feel like he acknowledges any aspect no, of that. No, he doesn't, personally. which is something I like, is that the audience gets to figure out that the kid is also kind of psychic, but the kid doesn't say it and no one ever talks about it. It's just something that you learn from understanding how the phone works. Well, again, I don't know that that's necessarily how it works. It could just be ghosts, I guess is what I'm thinking. Well, the the grabber can hear the phone ring, but he's not strong enough to actually interact with it. Well, like he, his psychic skills aren't that good. He ignores it. Well, again, you're you're adding a lot to this. I've watched it twice. Does anyone? All right, but you are. This is an assumption. You're operating from an unstated premise. Your 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 position is that there is a psychic uh, talent. Yeah. That they both possess to varying degrees. Yes. Not stated in the film. Yes, and I think the film's implication right. is that. Just people have some degree of psychicness. Well, all right. Now we have to talk about whether or not psychics can talk to ghosts. Yeah. Well, I don't think psychics are real. Okay. Well, your last 30 seconds of testimony <laughs> suggests otherwise. Yes. And everything I see in a movie is real. Oh, well, yeah. I didn't think that you were claiming that the movie was a true story. I yeah. Did, but for the purposes of this conversation. The film defines what being psychic is. Well, yes and no. The girl has dreams. The, yes. There's no reference made to the boy being psychic, except mm-hmm. that you think... That the phone ringing is a psychic connection. Well, that in, is inherited from the mother. Well, here's the question. Do you yeah. think ghosts 
and for the purposes of the movie. Yes. I guess you must because you keep saying he's psychic. Yeah. So you think that a psychic is a person who talks to ghosts? Yes. I think John Edwards talks to ghosts. But is he a psychic? John Edwards, yeah. Is that what he calls himself? I think he calls himself a medium. Yeah, but isn't aren't medium psychics? I'm not sure. Um, I'm pretty sure that those those are interchangeable. See, I always thought a psychic was someone who could sort of communicate with other people. Yeah. Like telepathically. No, it's a telepath. But I think that's what it, see, I guess my use of the word psychic is more I actually think psychic is a blanket term for all of that. Like I think psychic is is just like a generic term. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, why don't So you what I go, thought the little girl okay. was doing was mm-hmm. actually sort of finding people in the world. You know, and communicating with living people. No, she talks to ghosts in her dreams. Well, does she? Yeah. Who does she talk to in her dreams? She talks to um, the older kid who, who hits the pinball machine. I guess that's true. I guess he's dead. Yeah. The the, the dreams are coming from those ghosts, too, I believe. Okay. I, that's at least how So you think I they're all like it. medium ghosts? Yeah. And you think that it's a genetic trait based on the fact that the mother claimed... Yeah. I think the premise of, of you know, in the world that the movie is set is that there are varying degrees of like having psychic powers. Okay. Yeah. And that some people have a lot of them and like can control them to a degree. And some people have a tiny bit. And so they hear things that, you know, other people don't hear, but they can't fully interact with them. And the main character, Finney is somewhere in the middle because once he has been grabbed and is being held captive in the basement, he can hear a disconnected phone ringing and when he answers it, the ghosts of the boys who have been killed prior to him can talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, I, yeah, I guess that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I fully appreciate it. For some reason, I like the idea of the phone just being a vehicle for... Just a ghost phone? Just a ghost phone. Yeah. Well, when he, he asks if the phone has always been ringing and the ghosts are like, yeah, but you're the first one who could hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Ghost so phone. the ghosts have been trying to call everyone who's down there. They got a better signal. Yeah. Good signal. Better carrier. Good signal in a, the basement where you died. Yeah. But okay. Ghost so, energy. So, so yeah. Once Finney gets grabbed by the grabber, who's Ethan Hawke, who uh, does his grab, and he, I think Ethan Hawke is great in this. He's so good. He he was so interesting to me. Yeah. The way he chose to play the character. Yeah. I was fascinated by it. But you were but you were about to say something when he gets when he grabs the boy. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to talk about how. I'm obsessed with the scene where he actually yeah, captures Yeah, you, you should play the sound that he makes. I'm going, I'm you're gonna play so it. delighted. I'm going to play it right now. Okay. <laughs> so I played it. <laughs> you love that sound. I love it so much. It made me laugh so hard. I know. Um, Ethan Hawke is just so committed to everything. I know. Yeah. And he like, so he captures the kid, throws him in his basement, and is like talking in this like friendly kid voice. Like he's almost like, you know, you know, a TV host who like does kid shows yeah, with puppets yeah. and stuff. And I, then later you find out that like he was <laughs> evil. <laughs> like that's his, that's his full blown vibe. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he has a real almost infantile char- mm-hmm. characterization. He's, he sounds, so- yeah. he has a soft voice. Uh huh. Very seldom menacing. Yeah. And he sounds almost like he wants to be friends with the kid. He keeps he, telling him he's not going to hurt him. Yeah, he talks that way. It's like, I'm not going to hurt you. But then it kind of gets revealed that it's because they're playing a game. And the game is be good. Yeah. And if the kid does anything that he perceives as bad, like try to escape yeah. um, or lie, Ethan Hawke will beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the ghosts says he calls the game Naughty Boy. Naughty Boy. And God it, damn it. Yeah, there's he's, he's he does sort of bait the kid into trying to mm-hmm. leave. Yeah. On at least one occasion. Yeah. And uh, 
It, I, the, actually, the prim, the visual of him sitting up with a, you know with his shirt off <laughs> at the top of the stairs, like holding a belt. It's pretty like menacing, grim shit. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a, a visual that I do not forget. Also, yeah. he, I guess he chose to play it with the mask. Wait, really? That wasn't. That's not in the short story. No, in the short story, he's a he's a clown actually. Yeah, and they changed it for the film to be a, he's a magician, right? So that it wouldn't be too much like a Stephen King thing. Yeah, but it still was. Yeah, clown with balloons. Clown with balloons, it's magician with black balloons. Very similar yeah. to it. But yeah, he has this cool mask, and he's got a, a series of them, and they're in two parts. So there's the bottom half and the top half. Yeah, and they're different expressions, and they seem modular. Yeah, I love like the mask. I love whoever the designed mask. that mask. Like, did a great job because it's both like very goofy. But like super effective and creepy. Yeah, and it has that effect that uh, Tom Hardy usually has, where he's speaking through a oh, the, a, a mask. Can you do the Bane voice? Well, I could try. Yeah, we can get. Can we get Greg in here? This would be. I am the vehicle. That's good. Yeah. It'll do. <laughs> I wondered what would give out first, your body or your. Vigor? I don't know. You fight with the vigor of a much younger man. But Tom Hardy has the... Uh, I feel like he likes to, to act with something in or in front of his mouth. You want this wine? Yeah, give me that. Can I slide it across this table? Oh, no. Can you reach it? Okay, got it, got it. Right, wow, it. this table is too wide. Yeah. And uh, he did. And so he did mask work. And he, I think Ethan Hawke... I read one... Little article about that, and Ethan Hawke said he was very excited because it was like going back to theater school almost yeah. to do, to act without your mm-hmm. without uh, the without facial expression. Yeah, without basically. your like tool. Yeah. really. I mean, his eyes get to appear a few times, and he clearly is working his eyebrows and, and he like, uses his, his eyes body and, incredibly yeah. to do. To, oh, he's just so good. To to what a weird creepy to appear as this like man constrained mm-hmm. person most of the time, and his voice is so effective in this. Honestly, through yeah. the mask. Yeah, he sort of—he has this sad quality. Oh, nothing is working. You know, he talks yeah. as though. Oh my god, he's so disappointed. Wait, let's talk about that. Yeah. So he kidnaps. So he kidnaps Finny. He's holding Finny, in, a captive in the basement, and this disconnected phone that's down there keeps ringing. Finny keeps answering the phone, and the ghosts of the boys are talking to him and kind of giving him hints about like things that they did to try to escape, hoping that if he can like kind of stack them all, he can figure out a way to get out. Yeah, actually, that's my It's fa- really fun. It's like my This fa- is the best part of the movie. I walked, out, I walked out of the theater yeah. and I said, it reminds me a lot of Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And actually, it also reminds me a lot of the movie The Martian. Mm-hmm. Because it's about a person trapped in an inhospitable location. Yeah. Uh, who thinks his way out of it. He, yeah. You know, it, it, early on, he sees this little dormer, win- this, uh, you know, window at the top of the wall and he, and he tries he, he sort of contemplates reaching up leaping up climbing to break it mm-hmm. and after about three attempts he stops he says no that's not going to work yeah the, the other kids would have broken that if that window was going to break one of the other kids would have broken it, it especially yeah. my one friend like yeah. that guy would have broken that window so he's like what can i use from the prior yeah like so just, things i've tried he just pauses to, to think. stack it's it's escape room and just i like, love it actually just like no sudden move that yeah. scene where they they sit and think in the dark for a minute about mm-hmm. what they're involved in what it's all worth and how to get more. Yeah. It's a similar experience in this movie where a kid is like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna escape if all I do is flail around. So yeah. I, I have to solve this is a problem. I have to solve it. Yeah. And it, and, he, and it's very neat. Then he's mm-hmm. of course aided by psychic ghosts. Yeah, and he gets <laughs> this this is this is where I want to go. Psychic ghosts into it. Um 
Yeah, and it's basically his conversations with each of the boys who have been killed previously. And the the conversations are, are pretty interesting because you get to learn a bit about their characters. Um, and also they appear in a physical form on the screen and are gross and scary. Yeah, I wish that we didn't see them on the screen. Oh, I don't. I love it. I, I is my favorite. Especially like the the jump scare parts where the you know he turns and then there's a ghost there. And there's like a little I love that dead shit. body floating. Yeah. If they took that out, I would, I would, it would, you know, it would take away from the movie for me. All right. I mean, it's yeah. one way to evoke. I mean, I like looking at gross, scary stuff. Dead kids. Like, I'm very upfront about that. I do special effects makeup on the side. That's true. Like, so I really appreciate when, you know, I actually get to look at scary visuals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And also, I think that's kind of the difference between a horror and a thriller. I guess I find that this movie would have done fine without it. I think, I'm sure it would have. I think the story would have been just as good with just the phone. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're right. I just, I love the gross dead Yeah. Kids. That's just not something that, that, yeah. that I need. You don't need I it. I don't want to say need as though you need it, but it's that doesn't amplify the experience of the kids on the phone. Yeah. But, um, especially because he couldn't even see them. Yeah. But so that's really just for you, the viewer. The other thing that happens is around the time that he gets kidnapped, Ethan Hawke's brother comes to town. Yeah. Which we don't find out until quite late Much in later movie. in the movie. But what we do get to, to do is meet him in another scene where the cops are looking for, for Finney. Mm-hmm. Um, so the brother is played by James Ransone. So these, those were my three favorite roles in the movie, which is Jeremy Davis as bad dad. Um, uh, Ethan Hawke is the Joker, and Jeremy and Jeremy uh, James Ransone. You called him the Joker. Yeah, he was the Joker. Okay, he's a magician-y guy with. He's this is the joke. He's playing a Joker. He's playing a the Joker. Like a Jared Leto's the Joker. No, more like a Joaquin Joker. More like a playing card. Yeah, he's like a. He's just a. He's the kidnapper. He's a the Joker. Like, okay. I'm saying the Joker is a as a genre, not as a individual he's joker just, he's just a creep actually he's mark hamill he's more like he's mark hamill's joker. another movie it makes me think of actually yeah. is silence of the lambs yeah and he's more he's like buffalo bill jamie gum in that mm-hmm. yeah yeah i love that movie but uh yeah and then Why james ransone is a uh, is reddit <laughs> as he's he's some guy who's been reading about the murders That's and funny. wants to come to town to solve the murders but is a crazy guy who like who is a coke problem is a coke problem and is like me and my friends are solving the murder and like, i'm like you're reddit yeah yeah it's literally under his feet yeah it's very funny mm-hmm. that was a very amusing twist but right so finney keeps making progress on escaping his brother shows up and then yeah ethan hawk the joker is it's just really disappointed Oh, he's so disappointed. It's he's so, so t- funny. And he's so tired. Yeah. He's playing it like he's exhausted the whole time. Yeah. Like, it, it's like every other one of his child murders has gone so well. You can just let me go. Yeah. I won't tell anybody. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Everything just going wrong. Everything's going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he's just oh, so tired. It's so funny. I didn't have to keep anybody else down here this long. <laughs> But it does have that. See, that character really does. It, it reminds me a lot of the. And actually, uh, the other Silence of the Lambs element is that it, the movie sort of concludes with uh, all the cops are at the front door banging yeah. the door and they open it and it's like a kind of a false alarm. It's the wrong door. Yeah. 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 Um, but right. So as Finney is trying to get out, his sister is having dreams about him that it, I feel the ghosts are delivering to her. The ghost. And so she's kind of seeing how they got kidnapped and where they got brought, which is how she kind of figures out the what the house looks like. 
Yeah, she gets big visions yeah. that are you know that feel like full mm-hmm. lo- lived in hallucinations. Yeah, and he gets to he gets to listen to somebody on the phone. Yeah, but uh, but it's all fun because yeah. it's like a puzzle. You know, it's each, I love the escape room. Each stuff. little ghost kid, yeah. each little dead kid tells him, "This is what I did. It didn't work, but mm-hmm. you might you might be able to make it work." And so he sort of experiments with breaking out a few different ways. Yeah, and then in the final uh, in the final <laughs> moments, all of them sort of work toward. Yeah. They he basically all, they all just, combined. they all are like, hey, you've done everything you can and now you have a lot of tools. Just fucking kill him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I guess I got to kill him. He hasn't slept in four days because yeah. his stupid brother's here. Yeah. He's, he's up all night de- dealing with his co-good brother. And, and so we get this great Home Alone-esque kind of yeah. um, like climax where Ethan Hawke comes down to finally kill Finney and then falls into all these traps that Finney has made for him. And like he brings a, a a dog, like a a vicious starving dog, and Finney has gotten steaks out of a, a refrigerator he's climbed into, and yeah. like was locked in. So he throws a steak to the dog, and and the Joker falls in the hole, and then he's got the phone full of dirt, and he's just like smashing his face in. And I was laughing so hard at the kid smashing Ethan Hawke's face in. I was losing my mind. I was scream laughing. Yeah, it's just so delightful. And fun and stupid. Yeah, knocks his mask off. And yeah, and he's upset. Hawks. He's like, not my face. <laughs> like, yeah, he he's more of... upset about his face being visualized than he is about dying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's great. So Finney becomes a murderer, kills a guy. Well, yeah, I mean, he just lives up to his potential. Yeah, pretty much. That's what the ghosts keep doing. I mean, everyone's potential is to eventually murder someone, right? Your arm is mint. That's, I would Your say that. Your arm is mint. That's another example of bad dialogue. That's a, that's Your a, arm is mint. You almost had me. Like, it's <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's how Finney escapes. And then the cops, of course, are just across the street. Yeah, waiting yeah. at the wrong place. Although not entirely the wrong place. Because, no, because that's where the bodies because are Because the ghosts all led the girl to where their corpses were. Yeah, because they cared more about themselves than Finney. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're ghosts. Yeah. What do they care? Yeah, they can call Finney anytime. Yeah, Finney's got a phone. Got a phone. Chat with him, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, I think yeah. I do recommend the movie. I, oh, absolutely. I, I mean, but s- we haven't gotten to... The, the reason I wanted to talk to you about it. Honestly. Oh, yeah, I know we haven't. You did tell me <laughs> to go see it. It's because then when Finney goes back to school, because like in the beginning, he's unpopular. He's getting bullied. Yeah. The girls don't like him. And he goes back to school as a murderer. And everyone's like, that kid's hot now. Yeah, no. Which made me like, I was fucking losing my mind. That for is the, last the 10 one part of, of it movie. that I was uncomfortable with because yeah. it does strongly suggest that he's better off for having had the experience. Yes, that's, uh, yeah, oh. Oh, good. Because I just thought it was funny that like, and that's a murderer a really, was hot, but now a, you're tapping into my whole trauma argument. That's a really dark way to frame yeah. a, what would inarguably be the thing that haunts him for life forever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is like severe trauma. Right. Like he got to communicate with the ghost of his dead friend. There is nothing. I, I can't yeah. speak to it. I've not had it, had it happen to me, but I, I would be shocked if there were anything. There might be one thing I can think of, but... But apart from this one thing, mm-hmm. I can't believe there's anything more more um, long-term traumatic and damaging than being literally snatched or grabbed yeah. by a stranger. Held, held captive and uh, told you were going to be murdered. Sprayed with some kind of like bug spray, yeah. wasp killer mm-hmm. to, to like unconsciousness, mm-hmm. locked in a basement. And and then like a... Forced to kill Psychologically abused. <laughs> and then, yeah. And, and then, yeah. And this kid's hot now. 
And like he's, the girls want to date him. He like him. smiles. Like he's popular. It's, he's it, like so happy. I could even believe other people thinking that he was hot shit based on the level of brutality but events before he got kidnapped. Be okay. But he should probably be like, yeah. hey, fuck off. The ending is fucking deranged. <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah. The 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 little short story just ends with him walking out the door. Yeah, it's not like he goes back to school and he's. Mm-hmm. Like, Prior to that, I was like, "This was a fun movie," but when that happened, I'm like, "What the fuck is this movie? <laughs> I got to talk to Alfred about this." Yeah, that part of it is uncomfortable, or it's a sh- it's a kind of a shame, and it's and it's part of a that that also feels like something out of the eighties where yeah. kids like The Goonies is also a movie about kids being traumatized, traumatized by pirates. Well, by human. Contemporary human like criminals, yeah, uh, and then like traps laid by pirates, <laughs> and at the end they're like, "We did it! Hooray! We win! <laughs> yeah, we found the we found the treasure." I, was, I recently watched. <laughs> I, we found the treasure. And like this will solve all the town. That every person in town is bankrupt, and a company's oh. gonna buy the whole town. Well, guess what, guys? Not anymore. <laughs> we found the treasure. <laughs> Can you? I mean, I look. The Goonies is very fondly remembered. Maybe not by you. No, I'm, I watched it a ton it's as more a kid. Of, it's it was more one of my, my generation. Actually, I had a tape. I taped it off of off yeah, of like television. USA or something, yeah. and I missed the first ten minutes. I may have never seen the first ten minutes. It's of fine. The Goonies. It's good. Yeah, but I've watched that it's, movie. It's countless a it's a prison times. break. Actually, the first ten minutes. But you know why I watched it countless times? Fucking love sloth. Yeah. Yeah. It was for the the, the, the monster man. <laughs> hey, you guys. Oh my god. Uh. There's a, that's a theme throughout the 80s, though. Every 80s movie about kids was about how they were like on the verge of real death, real, real <laughs> yeah. trauma. They don't make movies like they even like home, they used even to. Home Alone. What you yeah. just what you name checked earlier. It's yeah. about a kid whose whose home is invaded by two criminals. Yeah. Those guys are gonna murder that child. They, Kevin is going to get killed. Yeah, yeah. especially in Home Alone too. They're gonna, they're gonna they're, slit Kevin's throat in, in home, or shoot him in the forehead if he's lucky. If he's lucky in Home Alone too, their principal objective is to hurt the child. They're not even robbing the the building because it's just an empty building that's under construction. Yeah. What they're not, I mean, and they should be prepared for by Home Alone 2, is that he is a capable and violent child. Yeah. He has he has no empathy. He oh, is the, man. Kevin, you've probably seen this on, on the internet. One of my favorite memes from a while back was that Saw is in the Home Alone universe. Yes. And I that did. Kevin McAllister is, is just Jigsaw. Saw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I really thought that was yeah. clever. I'm like, that, it's that, just, that works. So this actually like ties really well into another thing I wanted to talk about. So this the, tying it back to kind of movies that were made for kids in the 80s and 90s where the kids were in legitimate peril and horrible things were happening and they right. did horrible things. Yeah. But it was all an adventure movie. Um, so when the trailer for Black Phone first came out, uh, and I watched it. It kind of just looked like weird child, you know, murder panic that's happening right now. So, you know, there's this whole whole thing about child predators and how we need to protect kids. And it's fueled a lot of really horrible people to say and do horrible things yeah. in the name of protecting children. I'm with you. We should stop protecting children. Yeah. Let's let them go. Um, <laughs> no, but but it's like QAnon shit, right? Oh, yeah. Listen, you know what I do. I mean, yeah. I'm, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and and how like there are people who actually combat this stuff and yeah. it's their job. And then there are people who go online and call everyone a pedophile. Right. 
And <laughs> that's not their job. No, it's Although not their for job. For some of them, it kind this of is, is the catch job. a predator shit that we were talking yeah, about earlier. I know it's the comet pizza people. It's yeah, cute. and like feeding into that. So it's well, it feels like everybody in the, the in that sort of section yeah. of uh, the we'll call it the red team mm-hmm. has adopted the tactic of simply calling anybody that's a, a Democrat a pedophile. A pedophile. Yeah, it's very strange. It's really odd, and that there's some, you know, like underground cabal that is, you know, kidnapping children. Yeah. You know, my buddy, a buddy of mine out in Texas said, I have no doubt that there is, I have no doubt that politicians are pedophiles and that they're, and Jeffrey Epstein seems to be proof of the fact that they were all kind of hanging out at the same place. Yeah. It's like the odd thing is to, is to assume Donald Trump is combating it. (laughs) (laughs) He's your hero. He's the guy. He's in all these pictures. Yeah. But like my initial reaction was, is this an ethical time to be making a movie on that subject matter? Uh, Who cares? And then I watched it and I'm like, you know, I don't really think. It's certainly not political. Yeah. I I did see a a movie at Fantasia that I was not going to bring up because I feel bad for how much I hated it. Don't bring it up. Um, No, I'm going to. It's called The (laughs) the Artifice Girl. Artifice? Artifice Girl. Okay. And it was, it's like a single room movie, right? So it's this, this hacker kid. Um, who's also like a special effects artist and these two people from like a humanitarian society, right? And they've brought him in to interview him for a grant. That's at least the premise at first. And then they start very aggressively interviewing him. And it becomes clear they they think that he has uh, kidnapped a child and is using her to bait predators online. And Hmm. then it is revealed that, uh, you know, that child is actually an AI. Okay. And a highly developed AI that is learning faster than any AI has ever learned. And what they decide to do is to continue doing that. So this entire movie is about developing an incredibly advanced AI specifically to bait and capture um, pedophiles. Okay. And while... You know, all the AI stuff, the performances, the writing, I really like how the movie is made... It just comes off as so immoral because it's completely feeding into the premise that like half of the internet is child predators and that like we need advanced technology to like fight them and and you know there's a growing threat and like all this shit that just you know, I, I just find it to be sort of QAnon bait. Yeah, yeah sure. It's it's all uh, propaganda for a future where, exactly. yes. where you don't have control yes. over your own internet because you could be a bad guy. Exactly. So we'll be the ones that we'll have to every every search will have to be submitted to the yeah to the AI that can flag mm-hmm. you as a potential predator. I got it. Yeah, it's the whole thing where it's like you know we ruined sex workers' lives just to make sure that there weren't kids on there. Yeah, and like we did it in a way that was completely aggressive towards sex workers and was not actually helpful yeah. to children. This, is, this you know? isn't even new, though. I mean, this is all, this is what the, com- I think the USSR, I was going to say the communists, this is how they monitored uh, their half of Berlin is in the They 80s. just kept claiming they it was. They just listened to everything. Yeah, in and, the, and, to protect children. And now we have AI that stands yeah. in for the government. It's very yeah. strange. Look, I'm with you. That's not good. No, I, I think it's propaganda. Like, that was the word I was missing. But I don't think the black phone is propaganda. Thank no, the, God. <laughs> <laughs> That was what I was worried no, about, the, though. The black one's I was terrific. scared it was that. The black one is just good old fashioned watching a kid get kidnapped. <laughs> and then a guy takes his shirt off with a, and waits to belt him. It's so 
so upsetting. It's not even a little bit about don't do it. It's about like go for it. Go for it. The ghost will help. The ghost will help, and that kid will murder. Him. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you know what's going to happen to that kid afterwards? He's going to be really hot. He's going to get laid. He's going to get so laid. <laughs> That's the only part of the movie that I was like real frustrated real by was yeah. the final moments where it's like, uh yeah. Another movie where trauma is is sort of like, uh, it's, thank God that happened to that kid because he because he because he would have bull- been bullied real bad. Bullies were chasing him around before, <laughs> and now they're not. Now they now they think he's cool because he murdered a man and also was horribly traumatized. Yeah. And- <laughs> Oh man, but but really fun movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart from this the, last little bit, the movie yeah. was like a total ball. And they do all this it. like grainy, like uh, eight millimeter footage throughout. Um, which yeah. Scott Derrickson did some of in Sinister as well. I've not so seen that, those yeah. movies. But. Oh, Sinister is great. I mean, Sinister is Derrickson and Ethan Hawke working together. Also, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same same team. And it's a horror movie about Ethan Hawke finding a box of tapes. In his Are they house. good tapes? They are not good tapes. Oh, they're bad tapes. And there's a monster on them called Bagul. Oh, no. Yeah, which for a while on the Wikipedia page was spelled bagel. And I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Bagel. Bagel. (laughs) This monster named Bagel. There's a bagel on my tape. (laughs) What does that mean? Don't worry about that. But yeah, Sinister is awesome. Sinister is is a lot uh, darker, in my opinion, than than Black Phone. Black Phone's pretty dark, but the kid stuff is kind of light. So yeah, I don't know. The little the little sister is great. Yeah, yeah. There's a reference. There's it's funny. The thirty page short story also does feature her, but very briefly. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's well done. Yeah, I actually recommend anybody that can find. I mean, I just googled it and found it on some. So did I. Some I web, found a PDF. Something is hosting it. Yeah, same yeah, deal. Yeah. So if you're if you're uh, looking to spend approximately half an hour reading something, or maybe an hour depending on your reading speed. If you read really slowly, like I read Randy's emails. <laughs> it took me like if 10 you, minutes to get through that email. If you read like Madeline reads Randy's emails <laughs> and maybe stick with Carve the, out an hour. Maybe <laughs> stick with the movie. Yeah. It's a it's a better, more thought out telling of the story. I, I really enjoyed both those. Yeah. Thumbs up on the black phone. Yeah. I really liked it. We're going to go see Nope tonight. Mm-hmm. And once again, just a reminder, if there's no epilogue, it means the movie killed us. Yeah. We're dead. If there's no epilogue, Alfred and I are dead. We died. We died. The movie killed us. Yeah. Anyway, that's all. That's it. Have a good night, everybody. (laughs) I'm sure we'll be back. Maybe. Maybe we'll be dead. I don't think a movie could kill us, Madeline. I sure don't think a movie could kill us, Alfred. Oh, it's not.